You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. the one thing that I knew about this film because I didn't see it in theaters when it came out no neither did I the, oh really yeah it was the Wolfman's Got Nards line that all the kids were saying from mm-hmm. the, the TV commercials yes it's something that's transcended time <laughs> no it really hasn't it's so funny how, how much this movie did not like it has not stood the test of time well just in being relevant like I, I was quoting it when I was backstage at my show. Oh, really? And uh, we've got a couple of people that were born, like you know, in the '90s or the late '90s, early 2000s at Kids. this point. And uh, you know, I, I screamed out something along the lines of "Wolfman's got nards," and people are like, <laughs> "What? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong?" With well, first you? of all, do they even know what nards are? Like nobody, yeah. Calls, like, <laughs> yeah, it's that candy. It's got like two sides to it. You can either have strawberry or blueberry. Yeah, nards. Yeah, Willy that. Wonka's nards. nards. <laughs> Oh my God! Somebody uh, actually it was my boss had retweeted somebody uh, his nards. It was no, no, but uh, just a, another uh, example of words and phrases that uh, used to be around that aren't anymore. And it was a panel from uh, from soup to nuts from one of uh, Stan Lee's. No, that's still around, man. From one of Stan Lee's. Oh, here we uh, go. Trying to be relevant. Early Iron Man, I guess Captain America crossover. It was a panel from their comic books, um, and apparently the phrase uh, "solid dick." Uh huh. Used to mean like straight talk, yeah. Like you know, one to one. We're gonna have some solid dick. <laughs> so there's a uh, so there's a there's a panel of Iron Man saying uh, to Captain America, uh, looks like somebody could use some solid dick right about now. <laughs> and he replies, maybe so, Iron Man. Maybe so. <laughs> Holy shit! I'll have to find that and put it on the Man, Facebook page, that or maybe I'll retweet lot. it. That explains a lot. In that medium. That that whole thing going on in the movies. What are you talking about? Oh, Dude, little... I cannot wait for them to finally finish this this Infinity Gauntlet story. Like, for, for the movies to finally be able to move on. Like, I'm excited about it. I enjoyed Infinity War. But it's like the longer we're having to wait for Captain Marvel and for Avengers 4, I don't want to say the less I'm caring about it. Oh, yeah? But I'm just like... I'm ready. I'm like, I'm ready for us to move on to another thing. There are a lot of other movies that are going to be coming out between now and then, so it's it's hard to be too pre-excited. Plus, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, everything that I feared about the last one, where it's like, oh, it's going to be a real downer. Like, half the people are going to die. Yeah. Uh, now we have to start the movie. Like, who's excited about the first act of the of next, the next Avengers, movie? where it's just like everyone dealing with the repercussions of half of the universe's life. You think that's how they're going to start it? Being you think that's going to be the first act? No, probably not. I have a feeling that with all the talk of like the, oh, dude, you see all these guys, they're dressed up in their older costumes. Yeah. Sam Jackson has a fro. Yeah, I think that's how they're going to start the next They'll movie. They'll just do the flashback. It's well, that be would flashback. make sense because Captain Marvel is supposed to come out before that movie, right? Yes. And so we'll already be in the 90s. Uh-huh. Almost kind of pick up from there. Are you excited about that? I know we've talked about that movie before. Eh. And we've watched the trailer. Yeah. I don't know anything about the character. All I this it's the same way I felt about Ant Man, where it's like, all right, uh, it seems kind of silly, but they've got a pretty strong track record, so I am uh, yeah. I'm willing to follow them anywhere. I don't know, I guess, and Brie Larson because I know Paul Rudd can carry a film, mm-hmm. and he you know he did a good job balancing like the comedy and also Absolutely. kind of keeping it a, you know a superhero popcorn film. Brie Larson was Envy Adams, and a woman who was trapped in a room. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Neither one of those things makes me go. All right, Carol Danvers, here <laughs> yeah, we go. This Marvel. is gonna be this is gonna be some fun stuff. Uh, the trailer so far, I mean, it. I just I'm, wanna... not, I'm not turned off by it, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely. And I think I said this before, so uh, stop me if I've said this already. Stop. Okay. There we go. <laughs> no, I want to hear. Go no, I, I'm totally getting Green Lantern vibes off of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting Ryan Reynolds Green Green Lantern vibes. Oof. I can't even speak right now. I want to see it uh, just to see why she's punching that old lady on the bus. Speaking of Ryan uh, Reynolds, though. Did he punch an old lady on the bus? That, that Detective Pikachu trailer? <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer, <laughs> but I've seen all of the reactions to the trailer. Like, I, I, I am not a child of the 90s, so all, all those people in your play who did not get the Wolfman has Nards jokes yeah. were probably Pokemon fans, right? Yeah, probably. Were kids I was in the a Pokemon 90s. fan, though. Yeah, but you're a child at heart forever. Well, and part of that problem came from the fact that I got my little sister a Pokemon game for like her birthday one year. Mm-hmm. It was back when it first came out. Um, she asked me, she's like, I don't understand what's going on. Can you teach me how to play it? I didn't know how to play it. So I was like, well, tell you what, I'm going to borrow your Game Boy. 
I'm going to play this game, and then I'll come home, and after my shift, I'll, I'll teach you how to play. This is back when I used to work overnights on the radio. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I put the game in, beginning of my shift, didn't stop playing until the end of my shift oh, really? when I had beaten it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't stop. Thought it was fantastic. It had so many great, like, RPG elements, classic RPG elements Looks to like it. it. Yeah. Uh, and so I went back and tried to show her how to play it, and she didn't like it at all. Oh, no. And it ended up being my game. You know, if you don't like RPGs, even the best RPG isn't going to sway you. Yeah. I'm having a hard time with those right now, man. I just can't. I don't have the patience anymore to, yeah. like, read text. So plot and, like, get, Yeah, get, like, the plot. Like, I have just very little time, man. I'm a father. I'm a husband. And I've got a wife who would much rather we do things together yes. than me sit How on the couch. How dare she, Jeff? Right? And then sit on the couch and play video games. So I have to maximize, like, what I get done. I have to be able to maximize it. So I'm talking to you, Bethesda. Uh, I, yeah. I'm talking to you, uh, Rockstar. Uh, Rockstar Games. Yeah. Holy shit. Although I guess they rely more on voice acting nowadays. Is that what it is? Are we spoiled by voice acting in video games? I don't know that... if we're spoiled by it. I mm-hmm. think that there are definitely games that, if they're supposed to be going for a more cinematic feel, like Rockstar, with their Red Dead Redemption and yeah. with, uh, Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but you know, Final Fantasy, those games, they've started throwing a lot more voice acting into it. But there's still something that you miss. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to be able to with those games because they're so dense to be able to read and like take your time to kind of like digest the story. But this is just what happens when you don't have the time anymore. Exactly to have the time to digest the story. Mm-hmm. Had you, if you had an infinity gauntlet and you could control time. Oh yeah, I could snap my fingers. That's what we did. And uh, then half of the RPGs in the world would disappear. <laughs> um, Every other Final Fantasy game. Yeah. So I'm finding that I am I'm I'm trying to play stuff that's a little bit more like bite-sized chunks. Mm-hmm. I, I like the the fact that the switch I can just like I can hit a button and it just suspends everything, yeah. and I can move on and go do my thing and then come back and play a game. I'm playing this thing called Starlink, which is basically oh, yeah. it's basically Star Fox for the Switch, um, and that's it's a fun time. Uh, but but yeah, even with that, like there's so much going on. When I come back to it, if it's been too long, I come back to the game and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> I don't even remember. That's part of my problem with Ocarina of Time, that I had played to a certain point on the 3DS. Oh, yeah. I had played to a certain point and then stopped and stopped for like five years. You can't pick back up from that. And then like turned it on. And there, I know there's that little cave thing you can crawl into mm-hmm. and it shows you like, okay, this is the what... secrets. Yeah. Yeah, this is what happened up to this point. Mm-hmm. But even that, I'm like... I just I don't even fucking know. Yeah, you really got to kind of shotgun that game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's what's. Hey, dude, thanks for coming to see the show. I appreciate God it. Damn it, listen, it was really nice. Don't shame it me. So great. don't shame me. It I wasn't know. for lack of trying. It's just uh, it, it didn't work out. What can I say? Well, Night of the Living Walking Dead has wrapped. Yeah. Uh, to m- mostly sell out houses. Yeah, well, think- yes, because every weekend I tried to see it. That's the problem. We were trying to like go last minute. When I would uh, try to find tickets that day, it was like, oh, this is the next three days are sold out. Yeah. So you really had to do it a week in advance and uh, right. just wasn't working for us. It was a fun time. Got to work with people that I'd, I don't normally get to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, and also got to work with some folks I hadn't worked with in a long time. Oh, it's always fun. And, uh, and that was great, too. Sometimes they, you want to go where everybody knows your name. No, they were really boom, sweet, boom, man. Like, boom. my birthday, I fell on one of the performance dates. I know. And we did the, like, sing-along and stuff. And they ended up, like, calling me out. They're like, we've got a birthday in the house today. And, like, called me out there. It was That was sweet. Uh, they had, like, a cake for me backstage. <laughs> they did a couple of nights, like, where we went and, like, got some food and drinks. Or nice. we tried to do karaoke one night. Like, it was it was really cool. You know, it was, uh, I was humbled by working with this cast. Yeah. Family. We had a... Me familia. <laughs> we had one weekend uh, where one of our actresses, Stacy, who was also, like, the song leader and stuff at the beginning of the oh, show... Yeah. Uh, she had to be out of town for business or whatever. Mm-hmm. So another actress was brought in to take her place for that weekend. And uh, this actress's name is Trista. Uh, and I've seen her in a million shows. I say a million, probably half a dozen. Uh, <laughs> but it feels like a million shows. You rounded up. Uh, but she's fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like every, just watching her work, every show I'd see her and I'm like, my God, this chicken actor fucking asshole. What are you doing off. here? She's so good. Exactly. Why are you here you should be elsewhere, you know, earning your riches and your fame and fortune. Mm. But you're, you're slumming it. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that because I get to see you. Yeah. Uh, but she filled in and I got to work directly with her, which was something I've always wanted to do. Oh, cool. Um, and, and it did not disappoint, man. Just as good as advertised, if not better. Nice. Uh, I was so happy. that. So that's 
that was a cool bonus to this experience. Well, sorry I missed the show, man, but uh, I heard rave reviews. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you've got another show coming got up. Another now, one coming you? up, uh, working on Slay Hard, <laughs> which we did a year ago this time. Uh, yeah, but we're going to have Marco Jones. We're going to have to see it again, though, because you got a bigger venue this time. A bigger venue. I'm directing it this time, mm-hmm. as well as acting in Starring it. Starring in it, yeah. Um, and we have definitely made some changes already. Oh, good. Yeah, there's, uh, we, we're approaching some things differently uh and i've got a different cast uh i'm still working with some of the i've got some return actors uh but the new folks i'm really excited about you know kind of getting to see their take on it i've got one actor who played the villain last year is now playing a different character and i've got a new person who's playing the hans gruber character and that's patrick douglas who played sweeney todd Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's, oh, that'll be fun. Dude, I can't wait for you to see what he's putting into this It's been this a banner character. year for you, man. He's do- It really has. Yeah. I, I haven't done this much theater and stuff probably since high school. Uh, but I've done like four or five shows yeah. with the pocket this season. Yeah. And next season, they're doing the Rumors. I don't know if you know that show, Neil uh, Simon's Rumors. I, I started it. In, uh, started it. I was it because that's an ensemble cast. Were you, were you Lenny? I uh, I was the director. I was the Michael Caine character. No, from... that's noises. Wait, off. that's noises off. Um, rumors. <laughs> Ru- which one's rumors? Rumors. Fuck. Uh, it's the show. There's uh, like there's a dinner party going on, and some hijinks ensue, and the cops are called, and one of the characters has to act like he's somebody else, and has this like three page monologue. Ooh, the, yes. That... Yeah, it's so fucking good. I think that was me. I think I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna that, try for that. That was high school. It's yeah, been so yeah, dude, long. I'm telling you, man. Uh, and they're bringing back awesome. Werewolf of London that I was in ah, ooh, the show that I met Sarah in. No, yeah. no way. It's the show I met Sarah bring her out of retirement. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> uh, I don't know if she's going to have a whole lot of time doing some acting yeah, theater no or anything. But, uh, you got a babysitter there. She, yeah, I know, right? Uh, Parenthood, man. Oh, they're doing that at the pocket table? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do Parenthood. Steve, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. <laughs> I almost said Martin Ron Short. Ron Howard's. Uh, yeah, so, so it's been busy, been a busy, busy time. How about you? What are you up to? What are you doing? Uh, well, uh, you see anything good? Apologies. To, what did I do the last three weekends? Yeah. Yes, uh, apologies to the audience and to you, Joe. Sure. Because um, uh, we're finally getting around to uh, the much promised episode that we talked about. Our Wait, Halloween episode. We're back in October. Um, but uh, man, life got in the way. I, somebody on Twitter was like, hey, what happened to that Monster Squad episode? And I'm like, man, we've been trying to get our schedules together. Things don't work out. Things come up. You and I had a, uh, both had busy Octobers. Yeah. Um, and also apologies if you can hear the sound of my voice. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm recovering uh, from a little bit of a uh, little little bit of a cold that I had over the weekend, so I'm, I'm extra raspy today. That's I how can't I like... control the pitch of my <laughs> voice. <laughs> That's how I like my chicken too. By the way, extra yeah. raspy. Extra raspy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Where do you like to get your chicken? Are you a KFC guy? You know, or do you like Popeyes. KFC is like Taco Bell, where it's Kings. like Taco Bell is well, a Mexican that's, that's food because they're both owned by PepsiCo. But it's so its that's own good. thing. That is true. Very, very, very good. That would make sense that they'd be like. But KFC isn't the best fried chicken, but it's the best KFC. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. <laughs> what the fuck? Are it's you not bad. It's uh, there. There's something about the taste. <laughs> to quote Mike Myers from uh, <laughs> because he puts an addictive <laughs> chemical in it that makes you crave for it nightly, smart ass. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I do like KFC, but um, man, I'm gonna go chicken. There's a place around here called Streets Fine Chicken. You ever heard of that? In nope. Dallas? No, dude. You, you're good. always like doing some hipster fucking urban right. spoon. Shit. Hipster. That's a fucking. We get a delivery. But it's good chicken. It's who's DiGiorno? Who's your Who's your chicken of choice? Uh, well, Babe's Chicken Dinner House. That's good too. Is some man. Good shit, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Canes, man. Raising Canes. Raising Canes. The chicken fingers. Yeah, I love that place. That yeah, is pretty good. Some good stuff. Uh, but yeah, if, if you have time to sit down and have some chicken, Babe's. That is God damn. That's some good Can't stuff. Can't go wrong. No. Well, this is an interesting conversation, man. We go straight from theater to chicken. Yep. It's good stuff. Uh, this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. This is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case, we will watch a movie. We'll try to watch a movie every week and then come back here and talk about it with each other, with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, who we invite to take part in the discussion at uh, the, uh, what is it? I almost said live journal, facebook.com slash editing bay. <laughs> Or in that search function, put in Editing Bay and find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you can join the discussion. We are going to tear this movie apart, dissect it, find out what it did right, what it did wrong, and see if we can put it back together maybe mm-hmm. a little bit better than it was when we found it. Mm-hmm. Yep, so it's our Halloween episode talking about 1987's The Monster Squad. Was it? Yeah, I guess so, because when did Goonies come out? Goonies came out, I think, in like 
80, I think 85, Five? maybe? Was yeah. it 85? Definitely before this It was a this little film. bit before this, because this movie is this movie is definitely trying to capitalize on the popularity of Absolutely. the Goonies, yeah. while also being a little bit more vile with the language. Yeah, they, they it's were... It's more coarse. They took uh, all the things that they... Uh, I think the feedback from, from kids at the time were, oh, man, yeah, they were like adults, and they were getting in adventures, and they were using bad language, and they were... Uh, um, did they ever Did they ever get into violence, though? Yeah. They they, yeah. Sh- they kill the fuck out of some monsters. No, I'm talking about in the Goonies. <laughs> yeah, they fight a fucking a, a woman with a who's making them walk the plank and stuff. But they, but they don't fight her. It doesn't resort to fisticuffs. No, it doesn't because Sloth shows up. Or that movie's Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Frankenstein is the sloth. Is the sloth of this movie? Of Monster Squad. In fact, there's a shot in this movie that's very reminiscent of. In the Goonies, when all the kids are finally around Sloth, like at the end, and they're watching the ship sail yeah. off in the distance, they even have a shot kind of like this, where all the kids are walking down the street with Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, he's out in the open. Yeah, like it's, this. Like, it's daylight. Like, what? This, this, is, this is very interesting. Um, so, just to kind of give you a frame of reference, uh, this movie was directed by Fred Decker. Yeah. Uh, he gave us Night of the Creeps. He directed Robocop 3, wrote the movies House and House 2. Oh, uh, there was that. a Denzel Washington, John Lithgow movie called Ricochet yeah. that he also wrote. Uh, and he wrote The Predator. Uh, and that's interesting to me because I had no idea that he also co wrote this film with Shane Black. Shane Black. Who also wrote The Predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they, they've apparently worked together quite a bit. Yeah, Black and Decker. <laughs> Just like your, your favorite handheld vacuum. God damn. <laughs> Uh, it was a big year. 1987 was a big year for Shane Black because that's also when Lethal Weapon came out. Yeah, man. Um, so it was almost like I, I guess Shane Black was like the Joss Whedon of 1987. <laughs> of his time. Like everybody right? wanted to work with yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, if there's a problem, he can. Yo, fix he'll it. solve it. That's right. <laughs> Check out his scripts. I was I was well, surprised to see his name in the opening credits, and then to find out like that this movie was not a Christmas movie. Uh, oh like, yeah, all his films. It must are have Christmas happened films. afterwards. Huh. Uh huh. So opening up. With text on the screen mm-hmm. that reads, 100 years before this story begins. Which is already... What? Because the story <laughs> is beginning right now. Yes. Like, So, is this the 100 years before like they, they go... <laughs> They go into the future? When because will that's then a, be now? That's assuming that the audience already knows, oh, this movie is going to take place in the 80s. So, the, the text is, 100 years before the story begins... Uh, it was a time of darkness in Transylvania, ellipses, a time when Dr. Abraham von Helsing, ellipses, and a small band of freedom fighters, ellipses, <laughs> conspired to rid the world of vampires and monsters, ellipses, and to save mankind from the forces of eternal evil, That's right. ellipses. A lot of ellipses. What the fuck with all the ellipses? Like, you don't need all that. There's just a comma. It takes less strokes to put a comma at the end. Like, the way that this opening text is written, it's almost like uh, what, like how Shakespeare wrote. What, what did they call that? Iambic, Iambic pentameter. pentameter. Yeah. There it is. Um, and, uh, and so, like, opening it up with all this text telling us... And you don't even need to. You don't need to open it with this text. Just because the movie opens with... Like Van Helsing storming yeah. the fucking gates of to Dracula's show. castle. 1885. Yeah. That's all you need. That's that's it. However, they do end it with like this it's this whole dramatic thing about how like these people went to fight the forces of evil and then like fade in they blew it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of funny. It sets the tone for the movie because this is uh it's not it it's 60/40, right? 60% um, on Rotten Tomatoes, forty percent <laughs> with, with like audiences. Kid action oriented movie, forty percent comedy. But but there's sure. a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of dark stuff in here, and uh, quite a body count for something that again was supposed to be inspired by the Goonies. Yeah, but li- like like you said earlier, they amped everything up. They amped up the body count. They amped up the cursing. Yeah, they amped up the violence and the, the f- scariness. So something that I usually get on your ass about when you pick movies mm-hmm. is that you you have a, a talent for picking movies where people say. The the F word, the derogatory word for homosexual. They say it like fucking rapid fire like 20 times in this movie. And I started feeling very fucking ashamed of myself for choosing this it's film. It's a little time capsule. 
But I mean, even our even our protagonists are talking to each other about like, man, we go to school, then you end up homoing out, and you find like <laughs> yes. women with cat he- cat heads. And I'm like, dude, these are our protagonists, and they're vilifying homosexuals like constantly throughout this movie. It's misunderstood. And I'm pretty sure like half of them grew up to be homosexual. Men. <laughs> um, if they grew up at all. So this thing opens after the text. It opens. You're in Castle Dracula, and so. I want to ask you, is Dracula a man who can turn into a bat? Or is he a bat that turns into a man? <laughs> it's like that Muppet song from the Muppet movie. <laughs> yes. Am I a Muppet? <laughs> Am I a man? Or a Muppet <laughs> of a man? <laughs> I'm a man in Muppet. No, but is he? Is he a bat who turns into a man? Or is he a man that turns no, into a I bat? No, I assumed just like all other Dracula lore, he's he's a man first. So why is he sleeping upside down as a bat? Bat second. It's, the, it's one of the Why is he not sleeping in a coffin? Dracula sleeps in a coffin. Oh, that's true. He doesn't sleep point. as a bat. And you know what? Sometimes you fall asleep on the sofa. Sometimes <laughs> you sleep in your, your nice bed. But I'm still me when I fall asleep in those things. Eh, maybe, uh, you know... <laughs> On nights where the moon is a little bright and you want to get away from the light, you gotta. Whoa, you're rhyming all over the place. An unintentional rhyme. Holy shit! You gotta put yourself in a coffin, but uh, you know it's cloudy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Joe. I hadn't even thought about that. So, well, did you think about the bats that were on wires well, as they, he was walking? <laughs> as he's walking through the set, they do take some liberties with all of the monsters in this film. I would think because uh-huh. we've got Dracula, we've got uh, Wolfman, Dracula, and the and Wolfman the Wolf too. <laughs> Oh, that, oh, that, we're going to get to that song at the end, that awful, yeah. awful 80s sounding song. You should play that at the end of this podcast. My name's Joel Burnson, and I'm here to it's say... Like, it's like indicative of every movie that came out in like 1987, yeah. where it ends with some like bad rap done by a white guy. Yes. He's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> it's the Monster it's Squad. It's the Monster Squad. Uh, Monster Squad. But much like uh, Dracula sleeping upside down, I also don't remember um, Wolfman being able to uh, be torn apart, blown up. In this film, and, and then, then like Wolverine himself back, into... back together. Yeah, More I like thought that Deadpool. was kind of cool. It, it, it was, certainly came out of left field. It but... was neat, and it was set up early on when they talked to. They're talking to Rudy, and they're like, "What are the two ways you kill a werewolf?" And he's like, "Silver bullet." Yeah, that and that's it. And he's like, "Well, what's the other way?" And the kid's like, "Huh? What? Huh?" And I'm like, "Motherfucker, you guys have been your monster squad, monster club, and you d- are you really this fucking yeah. stupid? Didn't even do the basic research." Well, and and. <laughs> They do the thing in this movie where after we meet our two protagonists, Sean and Patrick, they're walking down the street and they're talking about like what Wolfman is. Is that like if Wolfman's a man? Right. He's like could drive a car. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, this is the kind of conversation you guys have when you first like start hanging out. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you've obviously been friends for like fucking years, your whole lives right now. Pre internet, Joe. You, you've got your your club. You obviously your monster squad has been around. For at least a year or two, because you've got three members, yeah, four members of this sh- of this club, you guys have had to have had this conversation before. You have a monster test, <laughs> and you refer to it like monster test, where everyone says it at the same time. Yep. So obviously, you have to have like an answer key, right? Like a teacher has an answer key to a test. They don't have that. Thanks. <laughs> I have no interest <laughs> for you, though. I don't know why. Um, I like the movie a lot. Yeah, it's even fun, coming man. back to it, coming back and seeing this film. This was my first time seeing it. What? Yeah, I never. You didn't seen it see it as a kid. No, like I know no. you said you didn't see it in the theater. It was pretty sheltered though. Oh, this is a, what is this PG thirteen? Yeah, oh, yeah, easily. But uh, pretty scary for for me, especially in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, I wasn't even nine years old, man. I, I wouldn't have been able to handle this film. I don't think back in the day. So what's what's funny to me is while I'm watching this, I'm remembering that Universal was trying to do their like Universal Cinematic Universe yeah, thing. They keep coming back to that every what, couple of decades. Yeah, don't they? and it's like what. I don't think that they could pull it off better than what was done in this movie. <laughs> like you put you put the universal monsters together and even though it doesn't make sense, like they go through that portal at the at the beginning of the movie where Von Hels Van Helsing Von Helsing Van Helsing is like a complete dick to this girl who's Reed. He's like, Reed right. Reed I'm like, dude, there are fucking monsters all over the place. Give her a break. But like they open the vortex from Evil Dead Two <laughs> and everything gets sucked into it. Dude, guys, if anyone out there knows how to do any editing there might be one or two of you. I would love for you... I'll let you know if I know of any. I would job. love for you to edit together Ash from Evil Dead 2 <laughs> getting sucked into that vortex with all the monsters. That'd be awesome. That would be so great. Uh, but yeah, you get to see all the universal monsters and they come together and, and the, the plot is fair. It's pretty flimsy. But the fact that you've got them together, if you're willing to go on this ride that these monsters have now come together and they've teamed up... It's a great premise. And they're trying to like bring around like the end of the world or whatever... Mm-hmm. 
It's pretty cool. How does Dracula know of all these other monsters, though? That's a good question. Because we jump right from 1885 when he's getting sucked into the vacuum. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of Black and Decker, uh, <laughs> to the current day, and it's like, and then he's rescuing Frankenstein's monster from right. a B-52. Well, because the at least the crate was in, uh, was the crate in the plane? Yes. It wasn't in Dracula's castle at the beginning of the movie. No, no. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking that Dracula knew of Frankenstein's monster. Now, Dracula's presence in the modern day awoke the mummy and awoke the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. And they were just kind of like They're drawn, drawn to, him. to him. Yes. Uh, and so is. I'm okay with that. I, I can kind of, I'll, I'll fill in the gaps as far as that's concerned. <clears throat> what gets me is like, where did Dracula get half the shit that he has in this movie? Like, he's got his weird cane that turns into, like, a, a telescoping antenna to yeah. get, like, the lightning. It's fucking MacGyver. He's got a car with the silver skull on it. Um, and where is he when he finds the amulet? <laughs> it's in the same house it's that in... they've been in. So, wait. So, he's in, like, a house. Where where does this take place? The, the base. Where, oh, like, what city what, are we in? What city does have, this movie take place in? I have no idea. I don't right. think ever mention it. Because this this city, it has a huge urban area. It's got everything. It's got a rural area. Mm-hmm. It, there's a fucking swamp. But then there's also, like, a plantation home yep. that Dracula hangs out in, <laughs> which just so happens to have an amulet where, where if is. you go downstairs, there are torches, like, sconces yep. in the wall with torches and chains. So apparently... The the like Van Helsing's uh, descendants moved here. Yes, because to get his diary, yeah. he had his diary was there, mm-hmm. and that's where Sean's mother bought the diary from, like a garage sale. Mm-hmm. So now this is where the amulet is. Why? Presumably Why here. How did it get here? How did the amulet get? How there? did the amulet get there? It was passed down from Van Helsing's uh, descendants, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Presumably Dracula knows where it is, and that's why that. It, I'm less concerned with why he is in that town. Let's, he's figured it out, right? The same way he's figured out where Frankenstein is and all the other monsters. Yeah. But what a coincidence that this town just happens to have a, a the rag, monster squad. ragtag team of uh, children yeah. who are ready to take down. Who are? Uh, so I thought they were all middle school kids. And I thought Rudy was a high schooler. Yeah. But then there's a piece of dialogue where Patrick's like, it's Rudy. He's a middle schooler. So, like, Jesus. these are elementary, elementary school kids. No way. Rudy's a middle schooler? No way. Who's smoking yep. constantly, like, openly smoking. Hitting on chicks. Who the fuck is Rudy, man? Yeah, he's my fucking, my fucking hero. That's who he is. is. He, but, but here's he's the, the star of this movie. He's, but he's, like, pussy hound. he's, he's running great. around like a, he's a pussy hound. He's running around like a badass on his Schwinn. <laughs> like, he's always on a bike. It's really hard to make a kid look like a badass on a bike. Yeah. And he's smoking. Like, yeah. he's just, like, in the playground at his school, uh, threatening uh, Kevin Arnold's brother from The yes, Wonder Years. Yes. Who I love. I love that kid. Yeah. I think if he's you, always playing the bully. You remember him in Scrooged? Where he's like, I am ready. I have been ready since first call. No. Who's, you don't remember that? Who does he play? He plays, he plays some kid who's in the Scrooge telecast. The, oh, that's funny. And so they're, like, you know, they're trying to... I can't remember what it is, but they're halting production constantly, and he starts losing his shit. That kid's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, th- but getting back to Rudy, this is the weird thing about the '80s because it, all these. <laughs> this movies, is the weird thing. This is the weird thing, though. right? Got it. Follow me on this. The '80s basically is when all the kids from the '50s started growing up, and like, like they they grew up, they got writing jobs, they're making films, and so now, like the badass kids right. in these movies from the '80s. Are all like Arthur Fonzarelli. Like yes. they they got greased hair, mm-hmm. leather jackets, and jeans with like they're they're cuffed up and stuff. Nobody actually dressed like that in the eighties. Like that wasn't how cool kids dressed. No. That wasn't the way but that's it's how, how Michael cool Jackson kids dressed. And Michael J. Fox. Yes. <laughs> but that's how like cool kids in movies dressed all the time. Now, that's not to say that I didn't love it. I can't remember the name of the kid who played Rudy, but like uh, Ryan Lambert. Ryan Lambert. Fucking loved him he's in this so movie. He's so great. He he's, steals the scenes. And he, the thing is, he's so natural and fun. And uh, like one example is when uh, at the very end, when Rudy, like they finally get there, the monsters are showing up. Yeah. The, the brides start yep. like kind of walking up. Somebody. And they're like, Rudy, where are you going? And he's walking. It's like this. This is total Shane Black moment. Yes. Where he's walking. Where he's like, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's a great line. Like yeah. this, it's a really cool moment for him. 
Um, so he takes a crossbow to the fucking yeah. vampiruses. Yeah. Uh, and so it's he is so believable, so fun. And I wish the same could be said for not just all the other kids in the movie, but the specific child who's supposed to be our main protagonist yeah. in the film. The kid who plays Sean, who for the longest time I thought was Mackenzie Aston. In fact, I think I said I, that on you a said previous, that on a previous episode, and I looked it up on IMDb. It's like there's no Aston in this. Yeah, I thought but, it was Mackenzie Aston. But, uh, an understandable mistake because they're tr- they're clearly trying to make him the Sean Aston character. Yeah, we've got a fat kid who's clearly supposed to be Dude, his name chunk. is Fat Kid. They call him Fat Kid. <laughs> yes, like we've I think the they cool say one. his name twice, but, but we don't have a data. So not very racially you, inclusive. You kind, you kind of have a data in this version. Who the little boy. Who who writes a letter to the to the army, the little boy okay. who by the way is wearing a Confederate army cap. Yeah, I did notice that. Did you notice that <laughs> again? Eighties, very politically correct back then. Uh, which makes me think that this movie is supposed to take place in the South, because it, there's it the might. plantation homes. That's true. That's the true. kids wearing a Confederate soldier cap, uh, and they're using they're they're saying. Faggot. Well, that would make sense. Like, like if it's Louisiana, you know, where uh, we've got a lot of creatures from the Black Lagoon. That, yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> we're who, stretch. I really who, were saying. Who, who's the Who's the author who uh, writes all the vampire novels? Anne Rice. Anne Rice is from Louisiana, yeah, and, and, New and, Orleans. And they're always set in the, the deep yeah. South. There. Yeah. Did you ever watch Interview with the Vampire? I did. What do you think of that movie? Way before I should have been seeing that movie, probably. Uh, I need to revisit that. Dude, fact, we're the same age. I was working at the movie theater when it came yeah, out. Yeah, but you know, I was still watching cartoons when you're into these rated R movies. I, I, I was a little stunted. It took me a while to, to discover. I probably need to revisit that. In fact, we'll probably have to do it on the on the podcast sometime because, man, you want to talk about an all star cast? Got Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and Kirsten Dunst. Uh huh. Who else? Is Antonio in Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Armand Asante is that, no is is Armand Asante in the, I don't think he's in it. No, no, no. Let's see. I think. Um, Man, but I remember liking it. I, I that was the first film that I saw where I was like, "Oh, what if vampires were actually real? What if they just weren't like Dracula, dude in white face paint, right. walking around in a cape? What if they were amongst us? And what if there was a yeah, a community mm-hmm. of them? How would they handle that? And then we had Twilight, which <laughs> took it a step further, and yeah, made it even more realistic. It Joe sure did. Listen to our Twilight episode <laughs> from 2017. Uh, so while you're looking that up. Uh, I do want to talk about the uh, the scene we Christian touched on. Christian Slater, sorry. Yeah, we touched on the uh, the scene where they're transporting Frankenstein's uh, crate mm-hmm. on, on this plane, mm-hmm. this freighter plane. <laughs> All right, so there's these two guys. They're flying the jet. In the very beginning, like they're they're having this whole like ridiculous conversation about like I hate my job, and he's like, "What's wrong with your job? You got all the like a little too much character building for people we never come back around to." Yep. But like. They're sitting there flying. They're screaming at each other to be heard over the sound of the propellers. They're wearing headphones, yet they hear (laughs) something bump in the back of the plane. And dude's like, what was that? Don't know. Go check it out. Guy walks into the back of the plane, like the cargo hold, sees a rat on a cargo plane, sees a rat and a bat. And at no point is he like, what the fuck is this? How is this possible? Instead, he's just like, oh, I'll get that bat. Come here. this should not. This should not work. He gets attacked by Dracula. Of Obviously, course. it's Dracula. He opens the cargo bay door, and Dracula's just like floating there. Yeah, and then flies down in bat form. Yeah. Flies down. He should have been sucked into a propeller. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of vacuums, <laughs> but nothing else gets sucked out of the plane. In yeah. fact, that guy crawls over to yeah. the hole and in like the plane and down. looks down. Yeah. And I'm like, no, man. Audience is a little forgiving with physics back in the 80s as they well. They sure were. Along with their uh, derogatory phraseology. They're, they were uh, forgiving with that, and they were also forgiving with, like, naked chicks. Yeah, man. In the 80s, dude. Naked That's girls. Another something Goonies didn't have, man. A little TNA. <laughs> I mean, you kind of had a little bit what? of it. Yeah, a little bit of it with Andy. Oh, who's wearing like a long sleeve sweater the That's entire the, movie? The longest cheerleader outfit, <laughs> exactly in the history. Even of her ever. skirt like went past her knees. Like that's no. No, I I know you didn't like you don't like the Goonies. Um, uh, it annoys you I, as an adult. It does. As a child, though, I loved it. I ate it up, man. It was exactly what I wanted, and it's because I was that right age, right time. But yeah, revisiting it. Um, listen to our Goonies episode from a couple years ago. I believe my review was uh, it was like a nine-year-old's birthday party with uh-huh. just a bunch of kids screaming. You just wanted them to shut the fuck up. Did you feel that way about this movie too? No, because uh, they weren't talking over each other. I feel like there was a lot of uh, ad-libbing going on, a lot of improv in the Goonies. 
this one they kind of stuck to the script. Um, and and maybe because the kids were a little cooler, and one of them did smoke, and they were looking, they were trying to see naked chicks, and yeah. uh, even though they were still talking about monsters, I don't know, um, a, a little more relatable, maybe. Yeah, as an adult, there's a lot of moments in this movie where I have to call bullshit. With okay, first off, Sean being such a huge fan of horror movies, mm-hmm. like he gets that message from his mom that like. Um, this, a guy left a message. He'd like to buy the book. He'd like to buy Van Helsing's diary. And it's like, who is it? And he sees the name, Mr. Alucard. Yes. And like, he any has kid to, would know. He has to sit there. Well, not any kid. Not just any kid. But a kid who's like, who's wears Stephen King rules t-shirts. <laughs> right, yeah. Who's and, into uh, monsters. And like, totally loves monsters and stuff. And it took him like three tries yeah. to like, he's decoding. Huh. <laughs> it's not that hard. What? I'm like, it really isn't. Just... Just well, hold it up in a mirror. They have to telegraph it to the audience who maybe isn't this familiar. Play a little to the back of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that. There's also Sean causing such a fuck. I did love that like the movie he wanted to go see was Groundhog Day 12 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh. And then they would make Groundhog Day in like 1991 or yeah. 93. And it would not be uh, an ex, a serial killer. <laughs> However, they did keep talking about like his dad's like, well, you know, he dies, then he just keeps coming back. Yeah. He just keeps coming back, Sean. And I'm like, That's maybe uh, oddly accurate. Maybe to Harold what Ramis saw Monster Squad and uh, was inspired. Well, he was a Ghostbuster, so he had to That's see right. what the other franchises were up to. <laughs> uh, so, but but Sean causing such a, a, a fuss about not being able to go see the movie. He's like, I want to go see the movie. I've been waiting all year for this. Only to find out he could just climb out on his roof. And watch it. And watch it from there. How Which, cool is that? by the way, awesome. if I had the choice between going down into the valley and watching the movie from the fucking drive-in yes. or being on my roof and seeing I would just it, be living on my I'd roof. I'd be on my fucking roof. Yeah, how amazing. But also... Doesn't that kind of suck <laughs> that they live so close to a fucking drive-in theater? Like, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be upsetting if, to you as someone who, a property owner, a homeowner? Oh, <laughs> and you've got like the light from a fucking drive-in it, theater yeah, devalues the uh, the neighborhood <laughs> like potentially. Blowing. Yes. Yeah. Also, uh, when all you want to do is listen to some uh, tunes on the radio, <laughs> you're picking up whatever movie they're showing. That well, evening. you have to FM tune in the frequency. That's how that. That's well, how drive-ins know, but, work, but, man. But that's what. I'm, but it also. Well, whatever. We're not gonna get into that. <laughs> you don't want to get into it? The science of the drive through theater? Just saying they use frequencies that are also used by radio stations. It's just you have to be within proximity. Yeah, but it's a it's a short wave. Um, like it only has a, a, a limited distance. Nobody calls short wave unchrasmatic. Was <laughs> <laughs> Transformers a movie episode? 2016. Um, so uh, the, uh, the thing that's really cool uh, about some of this, about how these things all kind of come together, is that they play the real. I'm going to use the term realism, <laughs> okay? And it's, I'm going to use it very lightly, uh, but I'm going to dive into the Uncle Rico character a little bit. The guy who plays the yeah. werewolf. You get this. You get this feeling that like okay, you've got the you've got the creature from the Black Lagoon. You got Dracula, mm-hmm. obviously like just evil creature from the Black Lagoon. That's just. That's just his nature. It's just a monster. It's just a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mummy yeah. is just kind of He's a monster. Undead. She's sure. the undead. Uh, what I loved was the dynamic that they gave the wolf man. Yeah, he's actually a man. This guy who's a man, and the fact that he isn't just like just doing whatever it is Dracula wants him to do. He's, he escapes at some point. Yeah. He tries to warn the police. He has the whole thing about like, kill me, shoot me right now, yeah. kill me. Very Bruce Banner yeah. uh, aspect to his character. I wanted more of that. Yeah. As an adult watching this movie, I was like, fuck, I would love to see more of him. He should have been the fucking sloth character. Just gonna- Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah instead of just Frankenstein, like, ooh. I, I didn't quite understand. Well, we'll get back to that in a second. But yeah, the fact that Dracula is like the main character. I get it. He's maybe well known, more well known. And there's more to do uh-huh. with him because he has a history. You can tie in the Van Helsing thing. I get it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know that I would have made him the leader of the pack, though. Yeah. The, I, the I, Wolfman I, should have been no, I don't literally think, the leader. I don't think Wolfman, just because of the, the split personalities. Yeah. If someone's going to be the leader, like, could you imagine watching Die Hard and Hans Gruber, like, every couple minutes flip flops on whether or not he wants to be bad or good? The Jekyll and Hyde thing. D- yeah. yeah, but that's confusing, dude. You can't. All right. That's why even Jekyll and Hyde in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was a supporting character. It just seemed a little bit of a stretch for me for uh, uh, Dracula to be. This uh, this mastermind, like I, I kind of think of him more as no, he's just a vampire. He just has a lust for blood, and uh, a lust for blood. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's he's driven by that. He's not driven by world dominance. What I 
I I dig the fact that Dracula and Van Helsing kind of have that like that eternal like rival thing that's yeah. going on. So this feeds into that. I was not expecting him to return at the end. Good God, that was so weird. <laughs> it was a little out of he's nowhere. Like, doing, like the thumbs up to Sean. Just no, <laughs> as he's being sucked into the portal. Like, dude, this doesn't look good for you either. I don't know why you're so excited about this he's moment. Like, I've been swirling around this vortex for two hundred years. I guess that's what happens, right? That's what we're to assume. Yeah. Also, there's like a half a dozen cops that get pulled into that vortex at the end too. Do we, they, never, do they? we never hear from. Yeah, man. And just, scraps. No, I, I like to imagine that they're gonna. There's like this follow up where we show up like. A million years into the future, and like scraps the dog is like an idol that's worshipped by people. Uh, now, the, for them to build up the Tom Noonan, who is great as Frankenstein, yeah. is. he's really good. And he even still manages to touch. He he touches an emotional cord. If he didn't, I wouldn't get. I I got fucking goosebumps. At the where end. Sean, yeah, where Sean is fighting Dracula, and out of nowhere comes Frankenstein's fist, just lives him, and he yeah. just lifts up Dr- Dr- Dracula. And he's calls him bogus. It's like that. Before he says bogus, though, I'm getting like goosebumps. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It's that Darth Vader moment. Yeah. Um, and then there's the weird. Don't go, Frankenstein. Don't go. <laughs> don't go. Don't go, Frankenstein. <laughs> like just the worst ADR ever in that moment, baby. Phoebe roof. <laughs> oh man. All my other notes are just like it was neat when this happened, or yeah. it was kind of cool there. Uh, dude, catching up with the 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 guy from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. If you are Scottish Lord, then I am Mickey Mouse. Who's he? He's the old German guy. He's scary German guy. That's the same That's guy. That's the same guy. Oh, I loved that guy. Yes. I did love that character and I love how um yeah, they kind of flipped it on its head. You think he's a uh, the scary German guy. In fact, that's how he's listed in the credits. Uh, but he he ends up uh, helping to save the day in the end. Yeah. Oh god, I do love these like boys, this is your last chance. Yeah. For a piece of pie. <laughs> yeah. A little bait and switch there. <laughs> and and that they didn't spend the whole movie like, oh, scary German guy. Like, they kind of diffused that really fucking quick. And also, uh, when you when you kind of learn of his backstory, <sighs> very adult. And and I, I kind of had to rewind it. I was like, whoa, are they just implying that he was a Holocaust survivor? <laughs> yes. And sure enough, because he says something about, I know something about monsters I myself. I know a thing or two about monsters And as he closes myself. the door, you see the numbers tattooed on yeah. his forearms. Like, oof. A little real. Like, a, yeah. a little... What nine-year-old <laughs> understood the reference? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I don't know if I felt like... Even now, I kind of feel like, maybe we don't... We didn't need that in there. That's... Yeah. It's, in a different movie. I like I like the tie-in. Maybe in a different movie, not in your child monster movie. There's a very a very small subplot here that it it's triggered the moment Frankenstein is looking through the window and sees Patrick's sister changging, and he hits the button on the camera. <laughs> it takes a picture. So, just to track what happens with this camera from that point, Rudy's like taking some photos with it and goes and gets the pictures developed and finds that photo of Patrick's sister naked. Uh, that it's been developed, and he's like, oh, it spits out his Pepsi yet again, because uh, that's what Ryan Lambert does in this movie, spit takes. <laughs> uh, and so then he gets it developed, and we see a shot where Frankenstein's looking at it, and like Sean and and Patrick and Phoebe are like jumping up, trying to get the picture out of Dracula's hand. And I have questions about that. <laughs> they know it's a picture of Patrick's sister naked. Why is Phoebe jumping up trying to I see I thought it? about that, too. Why is Patrick jumping up like a horn dog trying to see his sister. It? It's his fucking sister. It's a little little weird. It's Maybe he <laughs> wanted to grab it to, to keep his, to get, but, his friends away. But he's smiling. Like, he's, he's <laughs> like all of them are smiling trying to grab the picture. Hey, man, boobs are boobs when you're that young. No, dude. No, no, no that's pretty no, gross. No, that's, that's disgusting. That's even, I can't even say that. Uh, How about the, the uh, we haven't talked much about the, the father, Sean's father. Oh yeah, and his uh, his buddy cop partner. Yeah, <laughs> played by Stan the, Shaw. The weird stereotypical like yeah partner policeman. Par- like he's weird. He's wacky, and he's just like cracking wise and making jokes all the time. And doesn't take anything seriously, um, and then pays for it in the end. <laughs> and that's when this film like. For me, it was like, oh, was that really necessary? No. Like, it, it was enough for... So we're at the end, and uh, Stan's dad, who's a cop, is finally kind of piecing it together and rushing back to his own home, and Dracula's already there. It's in the front yard. Yeah. Uh, and, and Dracula's using dynamite now, I guess, because it's 1985. Can Dracula and, always be able to light fuses with his mind? I mean, he can he can seemingly do anything in this. He's basically yeah. a god. Like, he's immortal. He can trans 
form into other animals. Well, let's break it down. This is what Dracula can do that I remember. Dracula can turn himself into a wolf, bat, and mist. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's it. Yeah. Those are the things Dracula can do. He's immortal. Right? He's, he's immortal. He drinks blood. Unless you cut off his head. Or, or and sunlight. Say, there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sunlight. Yeah, those things. I, he's like lighting fuses to dynamite with his mind. Yes. Uh, he's levitating yeah. in human form over an open plane yep. uh, thingy, uh, a, a bay door. It, like he's doing stuff in this movie that I feel like just while they're writing the movie, Shane Black and Fred Decker are like, eh, just wouldn't it be cool if yeah yeah, uh, but yeah when he rolls that stick of dynamite underneath the the cop car that Sean's father is now out of, he's tried to shoot him and the bullets have just gone through him. Uh huh. Um, and uh, Stan, poor, poor, poor buddy cop is still in the uh, the car. Like they could have had a shot of him like rolling out the yeah. side of the car. He before didn't have it to die. No, nobody had to die in this film except no. for Dracula. There's a really cool shot of the Dracula when he shows up at the end and he's like trying to get to Phoebe who's reading the after we find out that Patrick's sister isn't really a virgin yes. uh, where nice he's reveal. like he's trying to get to Phoebe and I love it. It's this slow track of Dracula just walking yes. and the and cops, the cops coming, coming up and he's him? just like d- just dispatching them yep. without even looking at them. Yeah, he's just, got his he's just laser prize, focused on Phoebe. And he, like takes out three or four hole in that single shot. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. It makes me wish that they didn't costume Dracula like it was from the fucking spirit Halloween story. <laughs> it does look a little bit like a Grandpa Munster. Yeah. yeah, he's got the white face paint of it. Even the robe has like the inner uh, the, the inner red satin. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like well, if we're going for a realistic, yeah, this could have used a little more. Interview with the vampire, and that's that's what's interesting to me is that in this world in the nineteen in nineteen eighty seven, Sean lives in a world where in these world. monsters exist in movies. There's Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, the creature from the Black Lagoon, the Mummy. They all they all exist in movies, but now we're positing that question that they actually exist, like almost like tra- that last Transformers movie that pretty much built itself off the story that King Arthur was a real person. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So in this movie, not only are the monsters movie characters, but they also actually existed, which is weird to me. Like this is—it's a weird thing I can't wrap my mind around. Well, it's like um, uh, it's like uh, my favorite M Night Shyamalan movie, Unbreakable, where they posit that uh, you know what came first—the the chicken or the egg? You know, the movies are are is our culture reminding us of these stories of these characters okay. that really existed but I'm going to tell you this about Unbreakable right. even though I hate the movie <laughs> at least what he's saying in Unbreakable is like what came first did people have these abilities and then they made the comic book stories at least in the comic books yeah they're they're flashy they're wearing capes and costumes but, and, but, but Bruce Willis He's just wearing a hoodie. Yeah. Mr. Glass is just wearing just has like a weird this, haircut. Yeah, he's got a weird haircut. Yeah. They're not wearing like super villain and superhero yeah. costumes. It should be a little more uh, grounded. Right. Yeah. And so in Monster Squad, they're wearing the same exact shit yes. that they would be wearing in those movies. Um, so that that's that was a little weird. That was a little hard for me to, to, to process. Um, if they remake it, and, and they had been talking about remaking it, and it, it keeps getting canceled. So I don't, at one point, Michael Bay was attached to uh, to do a remake of it. So thank God that fell through. Yeah, uh, but there's still an option, and I think this is ripe for a remake. Um, but that's what they would do. They would kind of make it a little more grounded and and play off of the the cliches of all these monsters versus yeah. what what they might actually be like. So do you know? <laughs> So there's the like I said before, there's that part where they find out that Patrick's sister isn't a virgin. Yeah, and then like little Eugene is like, "Is she a virgin?" and like points to Phoebe. How fucking dark would it be if we find out that no. she isn't either? Like she no. does the reading and like it doesn't work. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like there's just this moment of like teddy quiet. bear. It's like, oh. what happened? <laughs> God, it's so hard to He's, find a virgin these days. Oh my God, <laughs> you poor girl. She was adorable. That oh, little girl is so my fucking God. adorable. She was the Gertie of this film. Oh yeah, like every line she had was just so adorable. Yeah. Even when she calls them chicken shits. Yes, quit being chicken shits. <laughs> she was so fucking cute. Uh, the the gem, the crown jewel of this whole movie is that moment at the end when everything's. Uh, falling to shit all the monsters are attacking and they're trying to get the amulet uh and what i love about it the most are like the reactions from the cops now we talked about like the police attacking dracula as he's making his way towards phoebe there's a point where like all these cops come driving up to ryan lambert ryan lambert is standing over the fucking dead bodies of women he just killed (laughs) and like 
behind him is a dude dressed like a wolf man, right? There's a the cops pull out their guns and they're not going after the white kid who clearly has the corpse of a woman in his hand. <laughs> they're telling the wolf man to step the fuck down. Uh, Understandable. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'd probably uh, play it safe and uh, just tell everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Get down on the ground. You with the crossbow <laughs> with and the, the crossbow pistol. And get on the, the fucking giant ground. furry person. How come didn't he make like 12 silver bullets? Yeah, yeah. We saw him in shop class. Yeah. Why did he only have one when it came time to kill the werewolf? He just needed one. No, I thought he loaded like six. He, no, he only barrel. loaded one. Well, he only had time he for pulls one. pulls one out. Because he realized that uh, all the cops were shooting him. And, and then he does that cool thing. Bang. And he should, like, motherfucking Shane Black gave you some of the coolest shit that, to say yeah, in this movie. That character is like the hero. Like, he does everything. He makes the silver bullets. He's he's the only one who has uh, bravery. Yeah. He's he's making the stakes in shop class. Yes. And in middle school, there isn't shop class. But apparently, <laughs> Again, he has shop class. Maybe middle school means something different. I don't, in, in, in the weird deep Louisiana. Yes. The Louisiana of the Monster Squad. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Bayou. Let's talk about Sean's dad. Yeah. Who shows up on the scene, right? He's going after Dracula. Mm-hmm. He's pissed. Dracula's about to, like, attack the boys. And here comes Sean's dad driving the car, shooting at fucking Bat Dracula, who crashes into a fucking building. Sean's dad goes running up the fucking building right. into, inside. He shows up on the floor. He sees Dracula, half bat, half human. Yeah, how creepy uh, is that? And what's he do? Pulls out a stick of fucking dynamite. This police officer... <laughs> who's supposed to protect and fucking serve is in like he's he's in some kind of like some oh. warehouse floor oh, yeah. there's going to be collateral damage and he's Definitely. like fuck you motherfucker <laughs> lights this dynamite on fire I'm like this is not how a police officer should be handling this yeah he lost his cool devil yeah well he saw his poor buddy be uh, be blown up so he went a so little he thought, bit of uh... and where did he get dynamite he just had fucking dynamite. <laughs> Again, it was the eighties. Everybody this is had like dynamite. A Looney Tunes cartoon where he just has fucking dynamite he was stowed away, fresh out of anvils to drop on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that the mummy would have been a little bit more of a presence. In he this didn't film. really get have much to do. He just uh, hangs on to the back of a car and gets unraveled. <laughs> yes. How frightening is that, though, man? <laughs> it's pretty... See you later, Band-Aid you know breath. What? Poor Phoebe, poor little girl, is face-to-face with almost all of these monsters. Every first one of, all, of them. Frankenstein is the first one to come upon Which her. Which is a really cool homage to the, to original, the original Frankenstein, yeah. where she's sitting by a body of water near a tree. I was really kind of scared, though, that they were going to uh, mimic break her, break what her happens in the original, too. But luckily, uh, Phoebe is, is spared. Uh, but then, yeah, she uh, she's on the back of the car. Is it the, the truck? Right? Yeah, back, back of the, the truck, truck. Back of scary German guy's truck. As the mummy is hanging on, just inches away from her face, um, and just waiting for it to unravel. And then that shot at the end when Dracula is threatening to murder her as well. He calls her a bitch. Yes. He's, give me the amulet, you bitch. Or lifts her up into the air, and uh, his face neck. turns green. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Dude, this, did you notice that there was a part where Dracula's standing out and like the lightning starts crashing, and in the flash of lightning, you see a skull? Yeah, just for that split frame. Why? Uh, because is that it, a thing that Dracula does? No, but it's scary. <laughs> it's spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> it's like the, the fist with your toes guy from Die Hard who plays Eugene's father. And he's like, all right, all you monsters, get out of here. Hey, I... I you get out. I see. <laughs> just trying to be cool. God bless him. What a, a great dad. But at the same time, he's like, dude, I just want to sleep. But that, that marquee moment in the movie where he opens the, the closet door. Yes. And you see the mummy in there, but he won't look at it. He's like, oh, like, oh, look at that monster. Yeah, nice shot. How the fuck did the mummy get into the house? I was wondering that as Why well. Why was the mummy in the house? Why was it in the closet? And then just fucking leaves because it's R. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R. Kelly mummy. Oh, uh, dude. I think I've. I think I've burned through yeah. most of my notes for you had this. A ton of notes there. Yeah. yeah, I did. I had a shit ton. Uh, it was really enjoyable. And then the uh, the ending where we hit that the army comes into town based yeah. on a letter written by like a, a four year old kid. Very, yes. <laughs> He's yeah. like, "Where are they? Where's the monsters? Mummy came in my house. <laughs> what came in your what? <laughs> and then Sean's like, "We could tell you what happened, Thur." Yes. <laughs> I would never. I don't know if that kid's done you? anything else. No, probably. But not. he was. The worst choice for the lead. I mean, who are you? We're the Monster, Monster Squad. Squad. Bam! Roll credits. Yeah, I don't think he did anything else. And uh, sadly, Horace, 
A.K.A. Fat Kid died of pneumonia. Yeah, in 1997. Yeah, dude, didn't even see his 20. 20- Ten years later. Yeah, that's so fucking. That's that's terrible. It's too bad. You'd think he'd be able to afford like you know proper medicine and like really. How do you get pneumonia? Isn't that like when you just like completely forsake your health uh, at this point in in 1997 even too? Like yeah. just you have to just not be trying. <laughs> I'm serious though. Like pneumonia, who dies? Blame. Who dies of pneumonia? Old people, Old people who and can't help themselves. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, come on, Horace. Maybe he. Uh... Come on, fat kid. <laughs> come on, Ted. Come on, Ted. <laughs> I don't mean to make light of it, but no. damn. Yeah, that's sad. It's tragic. But then, yeah, the, the horrible white guy rap that sounded just like Tom Hanks in <laughs> the Dragnet song. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's the Monster Squad. What else do you Monster have? Squad. Those are all in my notes as well. What did you think Monster Squad did right? I, I love the premise. And, um, yeah, the idea that all of the monsters that are... I mean, it, it's it's basically... It's really kind of a precursor to what we're seeing now in cinema, where all of these different movie properties are are creating their own universes. In yeah. fact, they tried to do it with that re, um, revamp, reboot, if you will, of the the, the Mummy with Tom Cruise. A couple sure. was that two years ago now, two or three. Yeah. Was that just last year? Because they had a whole <laughs> planned. I think it Dude, may have been. I thought Black Panther was a year and a half ago. <laughs> just, nope, February. <laughs> Um, yeah, they were going to do it with him, and uh, uh, who was Jekyll and Hyde? Was uh, yeah. Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe was they supposed had to be Jekyll and Hyde. a uh, universe. Uh, that they were Dracula. The... There was about yeah. that, that uh, Dracula movie with the guy from Beauty and the Beast was supposed to be part of that, too. That's right, that's right. And then, uh, I guess, based on the success or lack thereof of The Mummy, they kind of canceled that. But I think they were onto something, and it was it was discovered back here in the 80s, man. What if all of your your favorite monster movies teamed up? And uh, we're yeah. trying to take over the world. I love that premise. I think they hit it on the head when they did uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and the Mummy. And, oh yeah, and Dracula. Like they they did that as well. Um, yeah, I thought that what this movie did right, besides the premise, which I think is really interesting. They did. I think what they did an admirable job with like taking this property, mm-hmm. basing it off of something that was super popular at the time. I mean, we're talking about the time where we had the Goonies, we had Ghostbusters. Yeah. So here's another you know a comedy along those lines. Uh, and I think in that respect, it's super successful. Uh, what I think the movie did right, and is also kind of what I feel like the movie did wrong, uh-huh. I like some of the practicals. I really like some of the practical effects. And I think that's just indicative of the time that you're not going to have you know, all these yeah. special fancy computer but effects. But that was Rick Baker doing all that stuff, though, man. And Stan Winston. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, some of that stuff looked great until you see like bats on strings. Yeah. Like and then you're like what the fuck? But I loved it. I loved the d- the design of it. I like the way that this movie flows, like when Van Helsing busts into the castle at the beginning. Yeah. You've got some cool shots of like oh, it the is bride a and, shot. Yeah. Uh it's a good-looking movie. And less than 90 minutes too. Yeah. Apparently there's like 13 minutes worth of footage cut out of this film because really? the uh, producers were insistent that it be under 90 minutes. So that way you get as many spins as you can, man. You got it. Uh, what did Monster Squad do wrong? Uh, some of the things that you were saying were admirable. About, admirable. That's hard to say. Admirable about it. I kind of think were its weaknesses. Uh, I, I felt it was a little pandering uh, to the movies that it was trying to pay homage to. I think it was a little too obviously trying to be the Goonie of its universe. Yeah. Goonies, just taking everything that the Goonies did and and trying to amp it up. It felt like a a, a good premise, but but uh, had its hands tied. Yeah, by these requirements. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I think if you if you let it loose a little bit, maybe the kids aren't the heroes. Maybe there's some actual adults. I who think the Wolfman. The Wolfman should have been someone that like yeah. teamed up with the kids and then ended up being the thing that like they it fought Dracula yeah. at the end. Frankenstein didn't need to be sloth. No. We did, and and I don't like that idea that we needed someone who's got like this huge strong adult that's like Lenny from Of Mice and Men, you know, like <laughs> an idiot, but you know he's super strong. I think it would have been cool it, it would, to have the Wolfman be like your your guy that hooks up with the kids and like you know helps them fight the the evil. It's kind of X Men ish, you know, like yeah. that, there's your Wolverine right yeah. there. Um, so I talked about this before. And I'm going to kind of hit on it again on what I think this movie did wrong, where all the monsters look like people costumed from Spirit Halloween Store. (laughs) 
<laughs> like that just that some of that sometimes especially with Dracula. Dracula, yeah. It made it so hard to stay engaged in the movie because I'm like, what are you wearing, man? Like at least he's here in modern time. Fucking do a Terminator with him where he dr- dresses yes. up like people in the modern era. You know, they did stop short, though, of, of having him talk in the... I've <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, did, they didn't do that. But Thank uh, God they didn't do that. That's the only thing they didn't do. Uh, the story moves along maybe a little too conveniently where people are drawing... like They're drawing the most insane and accurate conclusions <laughs> yes. as to like what's going on in the movie. Even Sean is like... Dude, there's crazy stuff going on. I think monsters are here. <laughs> wow, how, do you, how did you jump to that? Quite a leap. Yeah, the, this guy named Alucard wants the diary of Van Helsing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, first off, why do you have the diary of Van Helsing? Yes. If Van Helsing is a real person who existed and his diary was around, that shit, to quote Indiana Jones, <laughs> that should be in the museum. museum. Yeah. Why the fuck do you have it? And also, everything, this entire plot takes place like... It, three days before the end of the world, right? Yeah. Like they've yeah. got the scary German guy translating the diary, and it finds out. Oh, that's what? That's that's tomorrow that's night. That's tomorrow night. Yeah. Wow, that's convenient. You just happen to live in the town where all of this stuff is taking place. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if we were going to remake the Monster Squad, how would we do that? So I refrained from doing any of the children because you and I always have trouble doing that. Yeah. yeah. The cast of Stranger Things or whatever. I don't keep up with child actors. Too. I'm a fucking adult. There you okay. go. All right. But. Um, I did recast all of the monsters and uh, a couple of the adults okay. that are of import. And it sounds like, uh, yeah, so I've got seven. How many do I, you have? I have like 17. Because <laughs> uh, I recast almost everybody in this movie. So what I recast go? the kids as adults. Oh, what? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Taking the, my me, suggestion. I'm just going to go through this right now. Let's do it. Because, dude, you're going you're gonna to guess what I'm doing. Oh, right you've got a theme. For the most part, yeah. There's like one or two people cast that weren't in this film. Okay. But... Uh, gonna start from the bottom. Patrick's sister. It's gonna be played by Kristen Bell. Oh, scary German guy, mm-hmm. played by Jason Siegel. Okay. Frankenstein's monster, played by Seth Rogen. <laughs> the mummy, played by Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon is gonna be Craig Robinson. <laughs> yes. Why you gotta call me black? That's perfect. Um, oh my god, that's perfect. Wolfman, played by Martin Starr. Oh, oh, I like that. Count Dracula. Wait, you know what? I'm going to keep Count Dracula to the end. Okay. Uh, Detective Saper. It's going to be Kevin Hart. <laughs> uh, Dell, the dad, played by David Krumholtz. Emily, the mom, is going to be played by Allison Janney. Oh. Uh, Eugene, played by Tom Holland. <laughs> Phoebe, played by Mila Kunis. What? EJ, <laughs> the bully, played by Michael Sarah. Yes. <laughs> Fat Kid. It's going to be played by Jonah Hill. Of course. Uh, Patrick, played by Channing Tatum. <laughs> uh, Sean will be played by Christopher Mintz Plass. Yes. Rudy, played by Danny McBride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, our Count Dracula is going to be played by Paul Rudd. Oh, that's great. All this directed by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. And so that's the cast of This, this is, is the, the End. end. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. That's perfect. <laughs> All right. I, I forgive you not uh, recasting children. Then. Okay. Well, let me blow through mine then. I only did seven. Blow. Uh, the scary German guy. How about Ben Kingsley? Love it. Speaking of uh, someone who's been in a concentration camp. <laughs> what? Wow. From Schindler's List. <laughs> it's just a weird thing for you to make like, to draw the connection. Well, I'm just saying. That's what I need kinda... somebody who's been in a concentration camp. <laughs> that's what led me down that train of thought. Detective Saper, is that his name? Yeah, Saper. Buddy Cop. Uh, I went with Anthony Anderson. You know that there guy? From yes. Blackish. Yeah. Uh, Sean's dad. I went with Kyle Chandler, a la okay. Super 8. Very good. Uh, and then The Mummy. How about Steve Buscemi? Wolfman. <laughs> William Fickner. Oh, that'd be good, man. Frankenstein's monster. Uh, Jenna came up with this one. Brad Garrett. How about that? Oh, yeah. Perfect. And uh, my Count Dracula, uh, the ever-imposing Michael Shannon. Nice. How about that? That'd be really good. Scary Dracula. You have a director? I do. How about Guillermo del Toro? I like that. I like that. I can't believe you didn't put Ron Perlman in there somewhere. Mm. If it's Guillermo... He could have been. He could have been Frankenstein. Could actually. Have been anybody, man. He could be anyone. He, he could be, be Sean. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a cigar chomping, wearing a Stephen King rules T-shirt, <laughs> eight year old <laughs> with with a cut off red horns. Yes, yes. Oh, I love it. Uh, guys, if you have any thoughts about the Monster Squad, uh, if we've glossed over something that you've been screaming at your podcasting screen for, I don't, I, what would you call it? Your pod, your podcasting screen, your phone screen. Yes, your iPad. Yeah. Whatever. Your phone. Uh, if you've been screaming at your phone, <laughs> uh, let us know about it. Go to Facebook. 
uh, facebook.com slash editing bay or in the search function put in the editing bay find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes and uh, click on that that's where you could talk back to us and if you have ideas for movies that you'd like for us to watch uh, for future discussion let us know about it right there. We've also got a website, right, Joel? Oh, we sure do. Editingbay.com. Please go there, bookmark it. Anytime you need to know anything about the Editing Bay, you're going to find it there. Links to our Facebook page, links to our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Please follow us there, by the way. You can see little photos. You can There's a tab there for all of our past episodes, because if you're a subscriber, you're only getting the most 100 recent episodes. So to hear all, ooh, 250. We're coming up on 250, Joe. Can you believe it? Been doing this for over five years now. Uh, you're going to have to go to editingbay.com. Cool. Uh, leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app. Five-star review would be fantastic. Uh, and uh, and let us know. Let us know what you like about the show and uh, recommend it to a friend. So what are we going to do next week, Joe? Well, Joe, we mentioned it earlier, uh, but we haven't talked about it nearly enough. Sadly, the... Kind of saving it for the next one. The passing of uh, 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 legend. A legend. Yeah. yeah that uh, just occurred yesterday. Um, Stan Lee. Uh-huh. Gone. I was going to say take it too soon, but not really. Guy's 95 years old. That's We should all be so 95 lucky. is a rich life, man. But uh, I don't think anybody saw it coming, especially because he's so lively and and, and uh, cogent. Yeah. Uh, he's still appearing in films. And in fact, I read today that um, he still has a couple of cameos that are already in the can. For, so we will see him in uh, a, a two or three. For Captain Marvel. Yep. For the Avengers, Avengers 4. And, then, uh, and maybe Guardians? A yet-to-be-announced cameo oh. from another movie. Oh, okay. So uh, stay tuned for that. But um, I, when I heard the news yesterday... I knew that uh, if we're ever going to change our schedule based on a death, that it would have to be this one. So yeah. I was like, Joe, what, what are we going to do? And I, I went looking. Uh, we and we had d- considered doing it for this one, yeah. but we had already pushed this one just, like for a month. We should have just waited until 2019, October. Know, right? Surprise. But uh, <laughs> here it is, folks. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I originally thought maybe Mallrats because he has a big part in that. We already did Mallrats. We did Mallrats. <laughs> Uh, in fact, let's we should post that later this week. You know what I think we'll do? Yeah, uh, yeah. Before the weekend, I'll, I'll repost uh-huh. the Mallrats episode because yeah. I don't remember how much we talked about him, but surely he had a, a, a sizable mention there. Sure. Uh, but we need to devote an entire episode, I think, to Stanley. And mm-hmm. so, Joe, I think you had a great idea as to to what movie we should do. Yeah. What do you think, buddy? I think we should do the Fantastic Four. I think that's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic idea. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're. Uh, I have not seen it. We, you haven't seen the, the no, Michael Chiklis, no, and uh, and Chris uh, Chris Evans, Chris Evans as the the Human Torch. That's right, playing a fucking great role. He does a fantastic job. Of course, job. he's great in everything. Uh, so yeah, Fantastic Four. Uh, I think that's on streaming. I think that's oh, on Netflix. Thank God. Um, I have a digital copy of it. I didn't realize Stanley had a cameo in this until you mentioned. Yeah, he's Willie Lumpkin, the mailman. Okay, which he based off of himself when he first started writing Fantastic Four. Willie Lumpkin was based off of him, and so it's basically him in the Fantastic Four comics. Seems only fitting. Yeah. Uh, so check that out, guys, and uh, and uh, check us, check us, check do us. it, do it, take him, <laughs> do, take it down, take him down, do your thing, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's been a month since I've done this. Yeah, we're a little off. So rusty, man. Um, yeah, Jeff, thank you very much. Yeah. Joel, always a pleasure. Hey, apologies for my voice, by the way. But uh, apologies for my focus. This is as good as it gets. Aww, we'll be better Jack next Nicholson. week. <laughs> always look on the bright side of life. Over a dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Fantastic Four. Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.